Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our buddy Matt Williamson here in a moment. Um, real quick here, update on the uh, the mystery of the who autographed this basketball. Our friend uh, Ute Shasta trailer said, you may be looking for a college player. And uh, he said, from basketball reference, here are all of the players that wore the number 51 from 1984 through 2003. Doliak and Ruffin are the only ones with ties to Utah, but that signature doesn't look like either. Mm. Yep, another uh, dead end. I know we've been uh, we've been going over this during the break. Can't seem to figure it out. It, it could be Matt Williamson for all we know. Uh, Austin, should we? Uh, uh, oh well, let's get right to it. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Of course, he's been joining us all NFL season long. You can find him uh, on the Peacock and Williamson podcasts, uh, among a bunch of other outlets as well. He's our friend Matt Williamson. What's up, Matt? How's it going? Hey, we're doing uh, great, man, except for I really dislike both the Bucks and the Chiefs, so that takes the steam <laughs> off of it for me. But uh, give us your thoughts about championship weekend and what we saw. Um, I was really impressed with the winning team's defenses. I mean, I know everyone wants to talk about the quarterbacks and all the points scored and the dynamic playmakers and all that stuff, but I thought both defenses played really well, well-coached units. I thought that was one thing to really – um, you know, it gets overlooked a little bit sometimes. Before we get to the quarterbacks, I wanted to ask you about Andy Reid. What makes him such a an effective uh, coach? Well, I think he has tremendous roots in the West Coast system, you know, from the Bill Walsh tree and was brought up right, to say the least. But I also think one thing about Coach Reid that people don't talk about a lot is – He's a tremendous evaluator of talent. Like he's very involved with the scouting process. Not all coaches are to that. And I also think it's really impressive with him how he's evolved over the years, depending on who his quarterback was. Like even remember when he was having success but not winning Super Bowls in Philadelphia. I mean, he had guys like Detmer and Hoying and Kevin Cobb. I mean that weren't high-end players at all, but got a lot from them. And then he goes to Kansas City, and he gets the best you know, best year out of Alex Smith and changed what he did to fit Alex Smith. And I don't know if you remember this, but it was actually the year I was with the Browns. Alex Smith comes out as the first player in the draft, and you know he was one of the first spread mobile quarterbacks you know, ahead of his era. And, you know, kind of before most of these guys are doing that. And Reed put a lot of college concepts in the Chiefs offense for Smith, and he had his best season. And then you give him a guy that's a bazillion times more talented than any of them in Mahomes, and he's taking it through the next level. And the last thing I think it's really important with Coach Reed and his offense is not everyone does this. He excels at getting the ball in his best players' hands. You know, I mean, Kelsey and Hill – are going to get targeted to no, you know, no limits every game. And he does a great job of devising ways to make that happen. 
Matt, I want to ask you about Matt LaFleur and his, uh, I guess, game management down the stretch. What did you make of them kicking that field goal? I thought it was horrendous, to be very honest with you. I mean, it sends a terrible message to your team. It's against all the books. I mean, you can't hand the ball to Tom Brady. And then the other aspect of it, which I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, is not only do you, you know, sacrifice what could be, you know, a touchdown and and more points, four or five more points, but then you ask your defense to do what they do worse. You know, what they're the worst at is run defense, you know, especially against heavier four-minute type offenses. That's what the Chiefs or that's what the Packers absolutely don't want to do. They want to be a nickel and dime and fly around the field. So you're asking your defense to do what they do the worst as well. How ticked off, uh, Matt, is Aaron Rodgers, and will he be back, do you think? I think it's crazy if he's not back or, you know, put, holds the team in an ultimatum. I bet he's very unhappy because I thought they were thoroughly outcoached in that game on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, the end of the first half defense was uh, another uh, oh, instance boy. of coaching malpractice. And, you know, they, they consistently got pressure on Rodgers from Pierre Paul and and Shaq Barrett, and they didn't help that offensive line. I bet that was frustrating to Rodgers. And so I'm sure he was, you know, very unhappy. And now he's one in four in conference championship games and understands that's part of his legacy and was probably very emotional after the game. All that being said, he has an amazing rapport with Devontae Adams. I mean, it's as good a quarterback-wide receiver combination as there is in the league. They've won 13 games both years now under LaFleur. Rodgers got much better in his second year in this system, as coaches off, or as quarterbacks often do. He's going to win the MVP. Like, I'm not sure he's going to find a better system or situation. Let's talk about the Bills for a second, uh, Matt. I, I, I thought they were a much better team than they showed against the Chiefs. What, what do they look to add in the off season to help them get you know where they need to go? Yeah, and in general, the postseason wasn't the Bills' finest moments. I mean, I know a win's a win, especially in the playoffs. With you know, any game's hard to win in the playoffs, but I didn't think they played their best game at any point during the playoffs. Um, that being said, I think that playoff experience will be extremely valuable to Josh Allen, that coaching staff, a young team that they've built from the ground up, you know, to, to understand how, you know, and they were kind of not aggressive enough either in terms of the coaching staff and going forward on fourth downs and things like that too. Um, I don't know if they have a glaring hole. Uh, I think one more pass rusher would go a long way. A corner opposite Tredavious White would go a long way. But they're one of the few teams, especially when you look at the offenses, that that should have very little change. You know, they don't have much in the way of free agency. They're going to be able to roll back the same group, and not many teams are going to be able to do that. Matt, i got to warn you, before I ask you about this, uh, you're probably going to hear some music played in the background, namely Unchained Melody, because every time I bring up Tom Brady, these guys, (laughs) these guys. (laughs) He just loves Tom with all his heart. That's what they say because they're haters, and I'm just trying to acknowledge uh, what I'm seeing in front of me. You are a professional who has evaluated talent, who has worked with teams, Tell me how good this guy is. He's playing extremely well. I mean, I did not see 
I think something that really Brady was having a late bye week. Their bye week wasn't until, until week 13. And from that point on, they really took it up a little. And my hunch is he, I'm going to say he took over for the coaching staff, but I want to say he's put a very strong stamp on the offense from that point on. And up in the field for the area system, all, you know, the deep ball, which I didn't see that coming this year. Um, and I also think what hurt him, too, I mean, his greatest asset is work ethic and his ability to learn teammates and defense and all those things. didn't that with a for a normal camp. So it might have taken him a little longer to click this year with the new guys than it would have in a normal season. But, boy, he's playing extremely well. Matt Williamson with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to ask you a, a Steelers question because uh, you're, sure. you uh, cover that team closely. Uh, what's what's to become of Big Ben? Um, I think he'll be back for one more year. I mean, that hasn't become official. I think he's greatly declining. I, I frankly have mixed feelings if that's the right call or not. Um, but Steelers don't have a lot of cap space, and I think what they really will try to do is Elway late in his career, Terrell Davis, you know, approach where they take a lot more off Ben's plate and establish some sort of running game, improve the running back position probably in the draft, and just have him do less. And then one more year, and that's about it. Matt, you've only seen a few years of him, but uh, what are your projections for Patrick Mahomes and, and what this kid can be? He can be the greatest of all time. I mean, I really think that's possible. I mean, think about if two years ago, D Ford doesn't line up in the neutral zone. I mean, we'd be probably talking about Mahomes going to three straight Super Bowls at an extremely young age, an MVP award in there, unbelievable numbers, the ability to do things with the football that very few has ever been able to do in the history of the game, Uh, really good supporting cast, a great head on his shoulders and feel, for the game and all those type of things as well. Uh, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. Um, further quarterback questions for you, Matt. Where does Matthew Stafford end up, or who's going to be in the market for his services? I'm a big Stafford guy and, and think he's one of the most underrated players of this generation. The teams that really stand out to me, and we actually talked about this a lot on Peacock and Williamson today, are – Denver, and he'd be a great mentor for Locke and, and or just a massive upgrade, of course. Uh, Indianapolis, you know, obviously Rivers is gone. Brissett's also a free agent. Uh, that would be a really good situation. They could protect them well with that offensive line. And then the third team I would mention is the 49ers. I mean, if you give Shanahan a, a high-end arm talent like Stafford with his experience and that running game and that system, I think they could be a Super Bowl contender. I know we asked you about this before, Matt, but uh, people here are very interested in Zach Wilson, where he might go. Do you have any indication, any scuttlebutt, about what order you think the quarterbacks out of college are going to go in this uh, in the draft in April? Yeah, uh, in a way, but I don't consider it my, my area of expertise quite yet. But if I were to put a chip down of who do, who goes second, I would probably bet on Wilson and – um, my hunch, and again, this is speculation, but I think there's a pretty substantial chance that 
Deshaun Watson gets traded to the Jets, and Wilson ends up in Houston. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We always appreciate it. Thanks for the insight. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Matt. Matt Williamson talking a little NFL with us here on uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Have you uh, have you followed at all um, the the Houston Texans and their I guess uh, this this guy who was a team chaplain at one point who's worked his way up and is basically running the show there? <laughs> no, I, I didn't know about who. Who's that? Well, this I mean, uh, a, a lot of people have publicly come out and and I I'll need to Google his name because uh, I didn't plan on bringing this up, but. Uh, he's yeah, he's like their operations guy, and uh, you remember they fired a uh, one of their um, uh, PR people uh, several months ago, and it created all sorts of waves with people coming out in support of her and talking about this this guy. It's almost like um, uh, Gordon, you're a big Lord of the Rings guy. Remember Worm Tongue from uh, the 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 guy who had the king's ear in Rohan. Sure, Actually, I'm not that no, big a no. Lord of the Rings. No, but apparently this guy is just uh, has just weaseled his way into the owner's ear and uh, is is wrecking that franchise. I I they uh, I read a report. What was it last week? Where they they can't find a head coach because nobody wants to coach there. Hmm. Is that why Deshaun Watson wants out? Some of his management stuff. Yep. What a mess down there. The Texans should be better than they are. What a what a mess. That's ridiculous down there. Come on. Get it together. Things haven't been right there since Matt Schaub was there. Yeah, the guy's okay, so this guy's name is Jack Easterby or Easterby. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, uh-huh. right. He was he was he got his start with the Texans as like the, the team chaplain and now has weaseled his way up the franchise. Yeah, he's been rather defensive in some of these uh, attacks that have been aimed at him. I, but uh, whether he really knows much about football uh, is in question. Well, based on his track record, I'd say he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but if he's in good with the man upstairs, then, you know, maybe he can make some sort of connection. Uh, okay, if that's what, what you're, you're banking your franchise on, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I soon, pretty it, soon, uh, what uh, uh, President Nelson's going to be running the Bears? <laughs> maybe we need to get Brian T on. Uh, he's he's been all over that stuff, and maybe he can explain it to us. But uh, it, it, when you have a, a franchise, an NFL franchise, and things just start to fall apart, it's it's aggravating for everybody. And we heard what Watt said. Remember when he was all upset, uh, didn't feel like the players were being properly prepared nor giving a full effort? When you've got that kind of player and that kind of leader on your on your roster and he's watching Rome burn all around him, how frustrating is that not just for the fans but for the players? Oh, big time. Absolutely big time. I mean, I, I honestly, if if there's something comparable, I think we saw something very similar to this play out with uh, with Delo- Deloy Hansen and Andy Carroll with uh, with RSL. Yeah, I would agree. Bad decisions, bad behavior, and a guy who kind of worked his way up and was in the owner's ear, you know, yeah, who probably exactly. didn't have any business running that franchise, and then you know we saw we saw a lot of that result, right? And and this is so, such a key point, Jake. In, in my experience covering sports, 
owners and the executives involved, you know, they're not seeing that much. Uh, and maybe they shouldn't be seeing that much, but they make a huge difference in the overall success of a franchise. I mean, that, no duh, right? I mean, that is the case. And when you see franchises that don't do things right and are not in alignment and are not properly grounded, uh, chances are, unless you're just super lucky, your franchise, your team is going to suck. All right, Gordon, we will get to uh, more coming up. Stay tuned. But we do have some sad news from uh, the world of the NBA. Seen a report that came out about a half an hour ago. Longtime NBA writer Seku Smith has passed away. Oh. Um, I I thought I haven't seen anything all that official, but uh, it seems to be as uh, at least related to COVID-19. I don't want to oh. I don't want to overstep because I'm not sure and I haven't seen anything real official, but um, uh, passed away in his home at his home in Michigan. So that is that was really sad. He was he's he's one of the good ones, man. He's he's really he was really good at what he did. So much heartbreak out there with this uh, this monster. Hmm. All right, we'll have more big show coming up. Stay tuned. 975 and 1280 the zone. Utah's highest rated most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join us coming up on Friday at The Warehouse 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. The Warehouse. The Big Show will be there on Friday uh, from 3 to 6. Gordon, uh, we don't talk a ton of baseball, but uh, Austin and I were just having this conversation off the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the, the the Hall of Fame is not going to have any inductees this year. Austin, isn't that correct? Nobody got to the the. Uh, you got to reach uh, 25% of all ballots have to have your name on it to get in or something. Oh, it's weird more than like 25 because oh. it. That's just what the tweet that I retweeted. I thought uh, Clemens had like 60 or something like that. All right, anyway, point being, whatever the threshold is, uh, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and um, um, oh, who were we just talking about? Austin, the pitcher. What did I say? 25? Oh, Kurt Schilling. Yeah, yeah, 75%. 75. That sounds more like it. So Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, and Barry Bonds not getting in this year. And I was asking Austin this off the air. I, I understand the argument against Bonds and Clemens. The, the the steroids, even though Bonds didn't officially get busted, you know, Clemens did. But I get that argument. I don't know if I would agree with it, but I certainly understand it. Why why isn't isn't Schilling a Hall of Famer? That dude had an incredible career. What's keeping him out? Uh I don't know. Uh I, I don't have the statistics in front of me and I this gets back to the whole idea of the baseball writers who decide who gets in and who who remains out. It's uh, it's just one of those things that you have to either accept. You don't have to agree with their decisions, but it's just the way it is, and it's the way it's always been. So what are you going to do about that? I don't know their reasoning behind it. Uh, do you think that uh, the, they Does should— Does it go back to the bloody sock? See, that's the thing, though. I mean, he brought—he uh, helped bring— 
you know, an, an historic franchise back to prominence. You know, the whole the the curse and all that sort of thing. The bloody sock. He won another World Series with uh, the Diamondbacks, right? He and Randy Johnson. And he pitched for the best team in baseball, the Phillies. I don't know about the best team in baseball, but he was very good <laughs> for the Phillies. That, that just surprised me. It seems like he's one of those guys that I I would think would would get in, and it wouldn't be all that controversial. Uh, but do you think that that the steroid era? Do you think the they should keep those players out of the Hall of Fame? Uh, I used to. I'm not so sure anymore. I mean, when you talk about these players who are just such great players, can they really keep keep them out? I and and who was using and who wasn't? You know, that's the real tricky part. I know that's because it's it's impossible to know. Right. You know, that, that's the thing with Barry Bonds. We all kind of knew he was doing it, but he went to, you know, he went down with the ship, so to speak. He's never admitted it, never really been convicted of it, so to, so to speak. So, I mean, his his trainer went to jail for several, like two years. So what was that guy's name? Oh, uh, uh, oh, for the Balco thing? Yeah. Oh, what was that, guys? But it was more oh, than two yeah. years, I think. It, wasn't it was more like than, five or six. Yeah, I, enough that Barry better have rewarded him handsomely. <laughs> But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm even getting to the point where I think Pete Rose should get in. And yeah, I, I know you, you I guys don't. are going to you're going to rip me for that and say that I'm on the side of the cheaters and all this stuff. But um, I, you know, I, Greg Anderson was the guy's Greg name. Greg Anderson. That's yeah, right. I remember now. Yeah. See, Pete Rose, gambling is different in my opinion, because because if you're cheating to try and win. You're not necessarily affecting. Well, I guess you kind of are affecting the integrity of the game. So maybe this is a bad argument. But but they were at least trying to help their team. The thing with gambling is you bring in all the, you know, it, it, was it really a win? That sort of thing. You know, was somebody out there throwing it? And that's why gambling is such a big no-no in sports. And what why these leagues are kind of walking a fine line as they get into bed with more gambling operations. You know, the NBA's kind of been out in front on that. You have to really work hard to protect the integrity. That's why even, you know, gambling rules apply to anybody who works for the franchise. Uh, Austin Austin, and I have to sit through a presentation about the no-nos of gambling uh, because of the connection with our connection with an NBA franchise. So, you know, I, I think what Pete did is, is very different. But maybe it's not. But, yeah, you bring up an interesting phrase there, integrity of the game. Um I think the integrity of the game is called into question with any kind of uh, help, outside help you're getting, or anything that redirects results. Right? Right. But then again, I, I judge how severe these things are because, as you guys have often accused me of, I don't think... Taking a little air out of the football is really that severe. Yeah, you're you're fine. You're morally flexible. We know. <laughs> it's all right. But let uh, them all in. Yeah, I I don't. I've never really done a deep dive on why uh, these baseball writers are allowed uh, are the ones who have been put in charge of voting for the Hall of Fame, and you know why you have circumstances where one guy doesn't want someone to get a unanimous or a consensus vote, and so he holds out and doesn't vote for somebody you know it just it just seems kind of goofy but i think more often than not they get it right uh multiple people have tweeted at me about kurt schilling uh justin says politics uh fan oh, yeah. on twitter says kurt schilling is out of the hall of fame because he's conservative politically 
I would hope. I would hope that's not true. Well, well it's true. I mean, he's the conservative. Last part is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's true. He's conservative. <laughs> but I, I, I would hope it's not true that that is what is preventing him from getting votes. Because I mean, that has, you know, agree or disagree politically, that has nothing to do with baseball. Yeah, which is supposed yeah. to be the point, right? I agree. I agree with. I that mean, completely. and they've let all sorts of horrible people into the Hall of Fame. I mean, Indeed. when did that start to matter? <laughs> But see, that's where it gets tricky when you start, uh, you know, trying to judge these guys in ways. Because what's the clause in there to get into the hall? Aren't they supposed to represent in a way that is acceptable or whatever, you know? But what's that got to do with being a great baseball player? Yeah. Well, certainly politics has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Republicans and Democrats alike should be eligible for the Hall of Fame. So if that's actually the case, then then I, I don't agree with that if I were a voter. Yeah, but Austin I, was saying that that there are some stats that, of shillings that don't necessarily stack up, so maybe maybe that's the case. Not maybe, my opinion, but maybe Just there is. A, I've heard people on national radio. Right, right, right. It, yeah. Maybe there is a baseball argument to be made, but I mean, Kurt Schilling was amazing. You know. Well, there's always been the these arguments have been around forever. I mean, let me ask you this question point blank: Do you think our friend Dale Murphy should be in the hall? So. I do because uh, you know a little personal connection there. I like Dale; he's amazing. And but that admittedly was uh, I was a young fan when Dale was doing his thing. So my perspective on it maybe isn't so good. Two-time NL MVP. Yeah, it seems like. I mean, are there other two-time MVPs that are not in the Hall of Fame? That's that an I argument to be made. I don't. I don't think there really is, right? So, oh, Mr. Baseball, what say you? Oh, he's a lock. There's. There's no reason that that holds water that Del Murphy shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. How many home runs do you think he would have hit if he'd been uh, juicing? He'd be a top five. I'm not. I'm not joking. <laughs> you know, I appreciated Dale's voice during. I mean, we had him on the station all the time during the the steroid crisis in baseball, and his voice was a loud one uh, about you know protecting the integrity of the game. And he even wrote a book because uh, he was worried about its impact on young people. Yeah. And I, and I thought I didn't. I nominated him to be commissioner of baseball. I mean, that's how highly I think of Dale. Well, he, he he's not qualified for that job though because he has a conscience. So wait, oh. and and you have that ability to nominate <laughs> commissioners for Major League Baseball? Not really. No. What else do you have? I'm Gordon Monson. What else do you have? No, I just I just have a strong opinion that he would be great for the game. So yeah, I I mean, I I certainly think he should be in. But I yeah, the looking at no entry entrance this year that seems kind of that seems kind of crazy, and I just wonder if the the writers are ever going to get get over it with the steroid thing. It seems to me you can't freeze out an entire generation of baseball player, right? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. As and, and many was, players that were connected to steroids over that ten years when it was all coming out, and some of them were. Th- th- this is the frustrating part of it, Jake. So many of them. Could, would have been Hall of Famers without that. You don't think Barry Bonds was a great player before he started juicing? Oh, he was. Well, here's the thing with A-Rod. That, that's going to be the interesting one, is what they do with Alex Rodriguez, because he was the best player in baseball for a long period of time. I mean, he was... Except for in the postseason. Well, fair enough. Uh, and, and, hey, I didn't hate watching Alex Rodriguez lose when he played for the Yankees. But with the but, Rangers, the Mariners, and the and first the Yan- part of the Yankees. He was the best player in the league for a long stretch of time. So how do you keep that 
out of the Hall of Fame. But then again, Roger Clemens was the best pitcher in baseball for a long stretch of time, and they're keeping him out, I guess. I know some guys who are voters. We should get uh, get them on sometime and, and ask them how they go about crafting that. I think that would be kind of interesting. Are they allowed to talk about it? I don't even know. Yeah, but, actually, they're allowed to be as transparent as they'd like to be uh, in the Baseball Hall of Fame voting. Heisman voting, I think you have to swear your child's oath that you'll never do it or Rumpelstiltskin gets your child. But No, you can talk about it, but just after after the announcement. No, not with baseball. They can talk about it whenever yeah. they want. Uh, Hugh Chasta Trailer has a has kind of a funny on point uh, tweet here about uh, Kurt Schilling. It says Mariano Rivera is an ardent Trump supporting conservative, and he's in the hall. I think the main thing keeping Schilling out is the same thing accountants use for birth control: his personality. <laughs> and then he adds, "Well, and a few racist comments here or there." He had a he had a controversial Facebook post, right? Isn't that oh, what got he's, him? He's full of all kinds of very odd, weird yeah. opinions, takes, and beliefs. But yeah. that's what got him fired from ESPN, if I remember correctly. Correct. Right? Was yep. a was a Facebook post that that got a little sideways. He's also known for the guy that uh, says he's never done steroids and doesn't believe there were ever steroids in baseball in the first place. That's a weird take. He uh, did that under oath. I just so I don't know what's worse, under oath saying I never took steroids and you did, or under oath saying I, there were never steroids in baseball. I don't know. No, the the best in those hearings, the congressional hearings, the best was, uh, why am I blanking his name? First Palmero. baseman, uh, Rafael Palmero, yeah, who, who pretended to forget how to speak English. <laughs> That's what Sosa did, too. <laughs> to this day, Sosa doesn't. He can speak incredible English without an accent, yeah. really, uh, because he lived in this country for so many years. You bring up steroids, it's like he never, <laughs> never heard an English word. It's an art. It's really, really, really a good way to go. Because what are you going to do? You, you can't call him out on that. You're going to be considered racist or something. I remember. It's a watching, good way to go about it. I remember watching that and thinking, you know what? I follow sports. I've heard Rafael Palmero speak. Dozens of times, <laughs> and his English is actually quite good. I'd be like, let me be like a jazz player, like like Rudy, uh, whose English is terrific. All of a sudden, being put in a situation, being like, uh, uh, you know, I can't understand. I'm not sure what you're saying. Do you guys think that Dan Quisenberry should be in the Hall of Fame? I don't know who this, that is. This, this, the long ago submarine reliever. How Dan long Quisenberry? ago? Derek Boysenberry? What are you? <laughs> That's a flavor on Willy Wonka. Good try. Dan Quisenberry. You guys don't remember Dan Quisenberry? <laughs> the last submarine pitcher I remember was BK Kim. His trading cards in black and white. Bob Boysenberry? He looks like he's 63 on this trading card. And is and hasn't been eligible for the Hall of Fame probably since 1958. He died in 1998. How am I going to know this guy? I don't know. Everybody knew him back in the day. It's not that old. He wrote a, a collection of poems <laughs> on days like this. Poems down and in a poem. What do you think he was more famous for, his baseball playing or his poetry? Uh, his mustache. Oh, his pitching for sure. Come on. His mustache. Do you guys think Dick Allen should be in the Hall of Fame? Dan Quisenberry was 56 and 46. He was a relief pitcher. He only won 10 more games than he lost. He was a reliever. Check his saves. 244 saves. 
How about Bobby Gritch? Should Bobby Gritch be in the hall? Why, why are we taking him. a walk down memory lane from players from like the 30s? <laughs> okay, how about Chase Utley? How about Chase no. Utley then? Nope. He made a funny appearance in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> he did. That's right. He and Ryan Howard both did. Yep. He how about also, Nomar uh, Garcia Parra? Uh, should he be in? No. Nah. Didn't win it's, enough it's, big enough games. It's a, it's a tough standard to get in there. Chase Utley you know? had the dirtiest play in the history of baseball. Oh, that's true. Who who was the catcher? No, it was at second base. Oh, was it second base? Against the Mets. Uh, it was uh, Miguel Tejada, speaking of steroid users. Yeah, speaking of steroids. But he ripped his leg off, breaking up a double play at second base. <laughs> I'm not kidding. YouTube it. You know the what? guy couldn't walk for six months. Do you, think, uh, do, you, do you think Carlos Beltran should be in? Uh, I'd have to look at his numbers. I only know his name because he's been around while I was growing up. So. See, Miguel Tejada should be the poster child for steroid use because he was the, <laughs> what, AL MVP in Oakland and just mashing and then signed a, signed a huge deal with the Orioles and just disappeared. Just was you know. Speaking of another Oriole, that should be the poster boy. Remember Brady Anderson? Oh yeah. He had one year where he hit fifty some home runs, and then just average player for the rest of his career before and after. Looks like a, he was swinging he was a with a blindfold hit. on. Yeah, after that. Yeah. he was a leadoff hitter. Yep. That that Orioles team in particular was full of was syringes. Dirty. Yeah, it was. So so if you're going to draw the line at the integrity, what do you do? Where are you guys on Joe Jackson? The, the the shoeless Joe, Joe Jackson? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think he should be raised from the dead and then imprisoned. <laughs> <laughs> I think he I think he went through enough hell. Okay, how about how about David Ortiz? Put him in. Jake? I I guess. I don't know. I don't have all these people's numbers in front of me. Uh, Ortiz, was he in the steroid thing? Oh yeah. He was on the list, right? He yeah. was on a list. He's one of those guys that forgets English when you ask him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm telling you, it's the best way to go. What about Mordecai Three Finger Brown? I love all these players that. <laughs> what about that Gordon, Mike Mordecai? <laughs> the, the, Gordon is bringing up all these. <laughs> states. Is there real? Is this, is there a guy named Three Finger? Yeah, yeah Mordecai Three Finger uh, Finger Brown. Look it up. What about Tommy Chuckles Barton? <laughs> I only know that name is because that's who Mr. Burns tried to put on his uh, team as a ringer. <laughs> the yeah, yeah. With he's like, and then when when Smithers tells him that all the players he names are dead, he said, "Give me, give me real players, living players." <laughs> oh man! All right, stay tuned. Dan, how about, how about how about Al Habrowski? The non sports court coming up next. Habrowski, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The zone. <laughs> Your Not Sports Report on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Every move I make, every single day, every time I pray, I'll be missing. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you today and every day by our friends at the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? I've got good news. I've got really good news for our listeners. But before we get to that, let me ask you a question that was asked of Donovan Mitchell 
and he answered a certain way that has caused a bit of a stir among even some of his fellow players. I think Dwayne Wade responded on Twitter to it and some others. But he, he, there was a there was a question asked about in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, what percentage of the sandwich should be peanut butter and what percentage should be jelly? Oh yeah, Donovan and, Donovan said uh, zero peanut butter, hundred percent jelly. Right, and uh, a lot of people disagree with that. So I wondered uh, what you think, Jake. Uh, what were your percentages in the PB and J? Uh, it's interesting you asked me that. I, I thought uh, that was a cryptic message uh, uh, taking a shot at Shaq. Was I the only one who read it that way? How was the shot at Shaq? 100% jelly? <laughs> I guess you know. No, nice. no, That's that wasn't clever. that wasn't a shot. At, I just assumed it was a no, shot at Shaq. Before, he sent this out before all the Shaq stuff. Wasn't I thought it, it was right after. This was that was very very perceptive of you. Hundred percent jelly, man. I think I'm closer I'll, with my Mo Williams theory. Let's go back and I'll look go, at it. I'll go fifty fifty on it. Uh, Austin, where are you? Uh, seventy five peanut butter, twenty five jelly slash jam i've and i'm really picky on the flavor there i really 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 like blackberry oh okay so i i'm kind of, see i eat just peanut butter sandwiches all the time but just if i go yeah but if i go for a pb and j i like it 50 50 do you like pb and honey more no but i'm not a huge honey guy to begin with. Oh, i do love a pb honey so I don't know. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not all 100% PB because I don't like the jelly. I feel like it's a different sandwich. So you li- you both like the jar that has the peanut butter and and jam together in the same jar because that's a 50-50 mix. Is that a thing? You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I've, I think I've seen that before. From Schmuckers, I'm not sure. it's got both the <laughs> peanut butter and the jelly in the same jar. Huh. Saves yeah, you I like a, them both. A, a jar I like and a knife. So I don't want to cheat one. Over the other. All right. This is the this is my not sports report. Real that quick. wasn't it. No, Lord no. of the Rings director, who you brought up earlier in the show, Peter Jackson. Well, he he is making a film about the Beatles and uh, their their last days together and whatnot. And he, after studying fifty six hours of film for his documentary. He says that the Beatles' breakup has been grossly exaggerated. And he makes the claim that they had actually never been closer than they were at the end. At the end of, is, of them being together or at the yes, end of like... Before they, before they broke up. Because there had been all kinds of speculation about how they had... You know, Paul and John were at each other's throats, and they hated each other. And yeah, they said uh, John said something publicly, and I don't think Paul said something publicly where they were kind of going after each other a little bit. But according to to Peter Jackson, it's good news because they were extremely close, and it wasn't this wicked breakup that has been reported in the past. I thought it was because uh, Yoko and uh, who was who was Paul's Linda. Linda. Yeah. I thought it was that they hated each other. Uh, according to uh, Mr. Jackson, they have they have film of the two of them 
sitting and chatting and talking to one another. People were, were able to talk to one another and uh, be okay. Uh, this is what he said, Jackson said, we've got 56 hours of never-before-seen Beatles footage. It's great stuff. It gives you a sense of the spirit of the film that we're making. Hopefully it'll put a smile on your face in these rather bleak times. And he said he was relieved to discover the reality is very different from the myth. Yeah, I'm still going with the myth. He said, sure, there are moments of drama, but none of the discord... Uh, this project has long been associated well, well, with. Well, why didn't they play music together then? Well, I mean, just because just because they don't keep on playing together doesn't mean they weren't friends. Sure it does. <laughs> no. No, because they were artists who uh, who followed their hearts. Well, who were printing money at the time, and they decided, oh, you know what? Oh, they were printing we're... money after that, too. We still get along, but let's uh, let's make less money. Well, they decided to go their separate ways, but I, I was hopeful that uh, such such a combo like John and Paul, I mean, I, I don't want to think of them hitting each other over the head with a with a with a guitar. Of course, that's, that's what the we way, want. That jeez, oh, I should have known better than to bring this story up with you guys. What? We 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 we're here for the car crash, man. We want to see uh, John hit. Uh, Carl with the guitar. What's his name? Paul with a guitar. Did you ever see the really bad movie called Driven about auto racing? No. In, in you that want movie, to see John Stockton hit Carl Malone with a guitar? I, I, I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen the whole movie, but I saw part of it once. And uh, they, they have these drivers have families. They have loved ones. They don't. You don't want the car crash. Mm, give me the car crash. Oh, Jake. What? Just because I can admit it. it. He wants to see him walk away from said car crash. Yeah, sure, but I want to see I'm here for the drama. Okay. All right. That's why he watches Real Housewives of SLC. <laughs> oh, which last I finally saw. <laughs> Not to feel better about society. Finally watched last week's episode. I'm sorry. And? It wasn't the, the best episode. It wasn't as good as Sharif's birthday. But that didn't leave the show a long, uh, a long way to go, you know. Which I found out I had a friend who had to sign an NDA. Right. At Shuri's that, birthday. That was episode. actually there. And it wasn't Gordon. No, it wasn't I Gordon. Really th this is uh, Jake Worley. This is why I'm serious now. This is what you need to do. You need to watch this film when it comes out, this documentary. And you need to read a little bit about the Beatles. And I want you to appreciate the impact they had on pop culture. The Beatles are the most overrated band in history. Yeah, you made I, me say that. I agree. I, I will. The Beatles you know. are worse than the Monkees. I was. I had my arm twisted. The Beatles are worse than Millie Vanilli. Austin threatened me if I. The Beatles are worse than Limp Biscuit. I didn't threaten you. It was you made a bet, and as a man, when you lose a bet, you have to fulfill said I, bet. I thought that was just his opinion. Wasn't he bringing it strong that day? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at He's all. bringing the heat. Um, Ed, educate yourself about the impact that group had on the world. And I, I think you'll appreciate it a little more. Nah. And by, by the way, why would I watch a documentary about them being nice to each other? What's interesting about that? <laughs> Nothing. Okay, okay, okay. I it was just some big, oh, we just love each other fest? I'm not watching that. 
I say, I say, Uncle, Uncle, mm. Uncle Albert. Coming I up, give up. Coming up next, uh, we've got uh, what's going on, and don't forget, uh, Jazz pregame takes over at six. It's the big show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.